Today's daf is daf lamed chet, and yesterday's uh, shir we ended with the mishnah that discussed kilaim um, Um Firstly, it, this is not just talking about the kilaim of interbreeding, but also working them together, so pulling a wagon or carrying a load. So the gemara now begins behema in behema. That's the sort of kilaim we said it's behema behema chay bechay behema im chay chay behema. So Gemara says, It's a possible that, the, that we have to be concerned that there's a prohibition of actually leaving um, different species of male, female in the same pen and let, letting them, you know, let nature take its course and then they'll be able, then you'll produce a kilayim. So Talmud Loma, no, it says, Meaning your animals, you're not allowed to. It sounds like it's actively being engaged in in husbandry. I think the expression is. <laughs> if you simply place the males and the females there, it wouldn't necessarily be a problem. So So here, what's interesting here is exactly how we understand how to punctuate the Gemara. The way I've explained it is that's the way I've expressed it. You'll see it in Moshe in a minute, explains it differently. So the way this, the way uh, the Reb Chaim explains it, it says, it says, one second, not there. Um, one before I was up to. Even if you take one animal and place it over the other, that too, you're actually not really doing a maise because the animal itself is doing the maise mazria. Okay, so there too, therefore, too, what so shouldn't they be considered similar? In other words, so the ulafid dato hu So then it ends as follows. Uh, that by taking one animal and putting it on the other, we say, that is what's causing them to interbreed. And that's according to the da, it's that's what the owner of the animal is. He is it's positive for him. That's the chiddush of what the Torah says is asu. Because that is the chiddush, that even though he's not actually physically being marbiya, the two animals, just taking one and the other and putting him in this environment where it's pretty much going to happen. You think the Huadin, you think as well, you might think that as well, then simply placing them in the same pen, you'd also be chayev. Because in both cases, you're not physically doing anything. So that's why the Chiddush of the Torah then is that, that, that so nonetheless being the Marbiya is Isur Doraisa, but it's only in the situation where you're actually taking one over the other and not if you're just simply placing in the same pen. Uh, which is interesting because if you look at the Ram, the, the Rambam actually says when he passes on this, and this is like the Pnei Moshe's explanation, he punctuates, uh, well, let's look at the way, the way Pnei Moshe punctuates it. He says, That's right. In other words, even if you're Markiv one and the other, what Maisa are you doing? And he says, Umashni. And they said, Lo Amru Meaning when you chayev on harkava is when you physically take the aver and insert it. That's when you'd be chayev on the Isra of Kilayim, not even just taking one over the other. To use the expression, right? And that's the natural zelbavadai, which is again, in terms of the parameters, when you Isra the race of the Rabbanan. Uh, but I say the Rabbanan because the Rambam says that even if the Rambam seems to hold, like, sorry, Penemosha seems to be explaining like the Fishit at Rambam, because Rambam says, Doraiser is if you're a mash matil, uh, kemachol beshfofarat, 
Farad, I think it is. Um, however, Midrabanan, still you wouldn't be able to do it. So the question is when you get Malchus. Uh, but it seems according to the way the Reb Chaim explains in Gemara, it still, still be even in Isur Dorais, so just taking one animal and putting it over the other. Okay, let's continue. Now, this is a really interesting position. As Isi Ben Akavia says, you're not even allowed to ride on top of a mule. Why? He says it's a kalvachomer. Just Shatness is nothing to do with you. You can buy it shatness, but you're still not allowed to wear it. So you're also not allowed to sit. Uh, we'll, we'll get, let, let's, let's just see what the Kavachom and the Gemara is, right? Because let, let, let's just, you might be getting ahead of yourself because it says, you're not allowed to ride a Prader. says, when it comes to clothing, you can wear, you can place one on top of the other, or you can wear one on top of the other. Um, meaning simply wearing wool and linen Wool jumper with a linen coat. I'm not sure if that's not isur kilaim. However, asul betaaravutam, but a mixed fiber or, or mixed garment, single garment of wool and linen is prohibited. When it comes to an animal that you're not allowed to drive or ride, this animal mixed, even if they're not interbred yet, simply an ox and, or, and a donkey, say pulling a wagon. So therefore, that the product of a mixed breed, meaning a like a mule, Kavachomer, you wouldn't be allowed to ride on it, which is very interesting, Kavachomer. Meaning, um, once again, having wool and linen wearing them together is not Asur. But um, if they're blended together, or a single garment made of the two together, it's Asur to wear. Right, and so the Kavachomer is a, riding a wagon where you've got two, uh, a, say a horse and a donkey pulling it, Tamer, Tamer, that, that, that alone, even if they're not blended yet into a new product, like this mule, that you're not allowed to drive. You're not allowed to ride ride a wagon that's that or drive or, or get it to pull a plow, for example, the two because, together. Because both oh. of them, there's a swallow which you can say both of them never had the shasa kosher. Whereas as as two seats or or linen and wool, both of them had the shasa kosher. If you wear them by themselves, they have a shasa kosher, you can wear it. You're saying and the a, mule and is a sus and a sus and a and a prader, you can never you can never uh, uh, ride or eat or or do something together. Both of them are osur. On their own? What do you mean? They're both mutar on their own. That's no, a you, can't, you, can't, you can't eat a sus. No, okay. They're, 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 I'll do it differently. Let's say we're talking about a sheep and a, and a, a, um, and a, 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 a kid. Uh, sorry, a, don, uh, a goat. A sheep and a goat, right? Yeah. You get those two to carry something together, it's kilai. Yeah. Behemah, behemah. It? I don't think so. It's It's kosher, two kosher animals, no? However, if you produce a geep, right, which is a good little animal that's actually kilaim, that's also, that's, that's a product. Okay. No? But anyway, so, so, let's, just, so let's, just, let's just get this kavachoma down, down clear once again, that in other words, two different clothing, you can wear them. If they're blended, no good. However, kavachomer, if there are two different animals that are pulling, you're riding on or working together, it's also kavachomer, the blended version, the product of it, should be also to, to, to ride upon. You're not allowed to ride on a mule, which is very a fascinating position. The Gemara questions that. It says, ish al, uh, al, um, 
What's this talking about? Rechaim points us out that uh, if we don't know Navi, um, this is after um, um the one second. No, I don't know my Navi. Is it? Like he says, he says that Absalom killed after Absalom killed his brother Amnon. What happens? All the brothers fled, and they fled on mules. So it sounds like you're allowed to ride mules. So he says, ain so it's ain lamedin minamalchut. You can't learn minamalchut. What does that mean? Meaning that because they were scared in the case of Avshalom, in other words, of finishing pikuach nefesh, well, pikuach nefesh is not a situation you can uh, that, that you can say, ah, oh, it's because they wrote it and it's okay. No, that maybe they did. It wasn't a variable. But to save their lives, their only exit strategy was jumping on these mules. The haktivit says the kavdemet shlomo beni al preida asherli. This is talking about when it was time to this David Melech sent Shlomo out to be uh, coronated, and then he rode him on a preida. It sounds like he rode on a mule. Now, here we have an interesting uh, answer to that. It says, This was a special animal that wasn't the product of Kilain, but it was something that was created at Master Bereshit that had the appearance of a mule. And therefore, it was much for him to go down on it. Now, um, unfortunately, we don't have a uh, Maharsha on, uh, on, the, on Yerushalmi, but it's an interesting, uh, interesting thing about exactly what was necessary to have this, um, this Bria for Master Bereshit that look like a mule for the coronation, but I'll, I guess I'll leave it for your own study. Let's continue. Rav Hamamar u Barukva b'shem Rabbi Yossi Barchanina Omer. He says, Hamar Hamanhig Kolo b'kilaim. What happens if you get two animals again? You got say the classic, classic case of an ox and a donkey that are pulling a wagon, and you say Gidia, and it's uh, then we say Loke, right? Then he gets Malchus. In other words, simply Manhig b'kol is actually a can be over. But Tani Ken we see as well. If you drove it, if you pulled it, or you called it to come after you, now change the gears to hashoel because this is talking about in the case of a shoel. In other words, if he's taking responsibility um, to, in other words, he's borrowing something to somebody else, as soon as he gets the animal to move, that's when he's now chayba on him. That's when he's taking responsibility, even if he did it with his voice. That would be, in other words, see, 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 we see a proof that your voice being manning to drive something is a proof. Now, that's the way, again, Reb Chaim explains it. And I think that's what we bring, bring, bring in the Rambam as well. And what's interesting here is, um, is Rosh Surilio says, you read it like the, the way you've printed in front of you. In other words, you tried to bring a proof on and the Gemara rejects it by saying, no, you cannot compare that case because that case is with B'Shoel in the case of a shoel. But as I said, in a way, Rechaim says, is actually, no, this is actually a proof. Now we can now ask the question, if an animal is outside the Tchum, now you have to appreciate that the Isra of Tchum, meaning the Isra of you going outside a city 2,000 or more um, uh, on Shabbos, applies not only to you, but also your possessions as well. What if your animal strayed outside? Now the question is the Kerala, and you call Obata Harav, and you, you you whistled and you said you know come here, and the animal comes Obata Harav Harize Pater. You're not Chayev. You're not Chayev for going outside the for, for your property being inside. In other words, it's important to say Harize Pater. Reb Chaim says it's mutahul lasok, and you're allowed to do that. I'm reading Reb Chaim. Afilu shasula lemoshcha biadaim. Even though you're not allowed to pull this animal in with your hands. Because again, your possession, your possessions, your property are limited by the tchum, like the baal is, meaning the animal you shouldn't be able to bring back inside the tchum, just as if you go outside the tchum, you're not allowed to come back in it. Nonetheless, we find here that if you whistle and call this animal to come back, then what? 
that it is not considered color love milti. The fact you're allowed to do it must mean the call is not considered significant. So that's a kasha on everything we've been saying. So we're saying no. This is the difference. When you're manig bakol, and you just say whistling to your dog to come in for outside the tchum, it can choose to do so or not. I mean, it's going the data. It might be attracted by the sound of its master, but it's really acting somewhat independently. If you're uh, doing the, if you're driving an ad to these animals in a wagon and you're goer bahem, um, I said giddy up before, but you can say like, you know, I think they get the donkeys to move. I'm, I'm not sure you've been to one of those donkey rides in Israel. They make that funny sound. Those type of sounds that really force it to get going, then, um, oh, that's camel rides. That's what I'm thinking. That's a funny noise. Anyway. Depends, depends what you call funny, funny noise. I think the Australians make funny noise. Never mind. Sorry. It's, uh, you're, you're forgiven. Um, uh, so we say, nonetheless, that's different because that's considered a more direct, uh, but direct way of, um, of driving it. And that's considered a Mesa. So in other words, so in other words, yes, a call is considered a Mesa full stop. But the question is, is your is the is this meiser an effective, a direct effective meiser or not? If you go air with this animal to get him to move, then it's considered meiser. If you're just whistling for your dog to come inside from the tomb, you're not directly driving it to do so. You're just attracting it and choosing to come to that sign of the voice, which is a very when you hitch to animals, then that's a real meiser. Okay, but still, like, let's give you an example. What if there's what if what if the two animals were already hitched together on this thing? Somebody else hitched it up. Again, hitching them up is not necessarily an, an issue. I mean, maybe Rabana, but the issue is actually pulling on a load. Okay. Um, in that situation, and then you, you start going, all right, let's move. And the animals move, like you, you go erba him, you get them to move. That would be a call of lavad that's they'd be over on uh, driving animals in Kilai. It would be the same thing if your animal went outside of the chum, but it was a very obedient animal and it, it always answered your call then it would be the same thing. Good question. I, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. Meaning if it's highly trained that whenever you sort of, you know, click, you know, yeah. whether they have to do with these birds or the clickers or stuff, that it's definitely going to come back to you. Then I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, it, it might be. It might be. Because I'll read your Rebbe Chaim. It says, Definitely come to so I don't know. I don't know if it's a superly highly trained animal, which way, if it's considered balkorcho, it's still considered willingly. I don't know. Let's continue. Next case, we're trying to still prove here if call is considered a maser or not. Um, we see by Kilaim, we tried to say it is. Also by Shoel, it is. And we saw that by Mitzchot Zultum, well, it is, but it's not really considered a, a Mesa in the sense because it's not uh, definite that it'd be Chayev on Shabbos for bringing this animal coming from the Tchum. It says, Vatani tipeach kenegere no vesimaya, or kenegeros no vecharsha, lo yatzalacherot. What happens is uh, ha- happens here. You have an Evid. Now, if you mis- if you blind an Evid or make cause it to be uh, or or harsha, make it deaf, we say um, that it goes free. Now, what happens if um, you see it in all? You ended up blinding it as follows. It says she ka adon bakotel. You bang the wall vi bito bakol, and it got such a fright. And then it some, has some sort of side effect that he reacted to the sound and he, and he got blinded from it. Okay? So you didn't actually directly blind the Evan, 
You just banged on the wall. It created a noise that gave him such a fright. Gromo. What? Gromo. Kind of like that. Now, the, the, the what we see from here, it's not really grammar because we're saying not because it's not grammar, because the Havamin and the Gemara, it's not considered a maser. The, the production of sound itself is not considered a maser. However, the Gemara says, Amar Ablaza, Rabbi Yossi, Kamei Rabbi Yossi, Shniyahi, that case is different. Why? In that case, because you didn't, since you made a particular bang against the wall and he could have fled, meaning he had another way of avoiding the damage to the eye, um, then we say that's why you're, that's why the ever doesn't go free. Why? Because he says, you should know that's the truth. We learned elsewhere, if you hold on to him, that he can't flee, and then you make that sound, then he's lots, then he's your So end up this whole kasha ends up backfiring because we end up seeing at the end of the day that you find that if he's restricted and you make a sound and then then whatever happens and then somehow he's blinded by the sound, however as a ramification, we find that the sound itself can is considered a mesa and he would go for it. Um, so the, again, the whole thing backfired. But let's continue. If someone's just sitting on a wagon, the question is, we said in the mission, if someone's pulling on a wa- pulling the wagon with the animals, I get it. He's chayv. He's driving the animals. If someone's just sitting on the wagon, we said he also gets malchus. The question is, why is he getting malchus? Um, and it was said it's a machlok, and Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir might be a simple, a bit easier to understand because he's sitting there doing nothing. And we say, Rabbana Amri Mishkalhu. It's because of his weight. Now, there's different ways of understanding this, but Rabbi Chaim says is that sometimes... What can happen is if the wagon is unbalanced, it's difficult for it to go. However, if you, let's say there's a load on one side of it and it's sort of weighted on one side, it'll be difficult to get moving. However, if you then shift, your, your weight acts as a counterbalance for it that enables this wagon to go, that's enough to be, your mishkal is enabling this animal to move and that's effectively driving it. That's why it'd be chayef, according to Chachamim. Um, he, I'll read Reb Chaim inside. Sometimes the weight can make it tip to the side. Because when you sit there, you counterbalance it. You make it even. Now can easily travel. You find the animal is now able to go because of you. Because through the, 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 the journey, it's going to be balanced. However, as we see, Ben Merit disagrees. He says he doesn't get Mark Remy, but Eno Mishka. He doesn't hold that that's a reason to be high. Next. Now, he says if the third one is tied onto it, you'd be, um, you, you also, you cannot do that. He said, it says, um, where was it? He says, So the Gemara takes opportunity to explain as follows. Generally, the way chariots or wagons or pulls usually pulled by two. It says, That is talking about Yosef going out in Mitzrayim. Then, however, it says, He came along and made it three to pull it, to add extra horsepower. Then, however, what happens is amda malchut asalto arba. Now that's what the gears we have here. According to the grass, actually Shlomo Melech made it four, and malchut harsha'ah actually made it five. So that's why you see in the sort of the the drawings of these uh, the Romans, malchut harsha'ah is Romans. They have these battle chariots pulled by all these horses, um, and that was I'm not 
that's the that's the description. Okay, let's continue. Next Mishnah. You cannot tie a horse to the side of a wagon. Not even behind it, even though it's not literally pulling the wagon. The Gemara will explain why that is the case. Now, this is a type of donkey, the Gemara will explain it, that is similar to camels. So those two will be considered kilaim. You cannot pull them to, use them to pull together. Anything that's born from a horse. Despite the fact the father is a chamor, so we're talking about again, mules. Anything is born from a chamor, despite the fact the father is a sus. This is, relates to, I think, what we said before. The Shidra of Yehuda is that mules are not considered kilaim with one another, provided that they have the same mother. Okay? That, in other words, you can have two types of the different mules. Okay, let's continue. Now let's look at the Gemara's going to analyze the missions. And the question is what? And Tan Rebbe Meir, Rebbe Meir says, Now, the Gemara says, If this horse is actually assisting, meaning the one that's tied to the, this horse is tied to the side, that it's the role, it, the purpose it's fulfilling is to, if it's these oxen are struggling to get up a, up a hill, the horse will provide an extra little assistance. Or if it's going down a hill at a rapid rate, the horse restrains it and holds it and balances it, then yes, okay, then we can, everyone agrees that would be asur. However, the question is, um, however, when it's back in the mission, which is tied to the side, why is it that um, it's asus? So Amr Rabbi Yehuda, Chama says, "Mibnei shezeh nose atzlutoshel zeh vezeh nose atzlutoshel zeh." So one understands Rabbi Yehuda says the reason why this um, the horse being tied to the side is asur is because it gives some extra boost power. Okay, meaning time of the Rabbana and the Asur Rabbi Chaim says, "Demani etakosher b'tzila karem mishum shepam yemakar mitasal." Sometimes the Bakar gets a bit sleepy, belechto gets a bit lazy. And therefore, what happens is the, the this horse that's tied to the side gives it a little bit of boost power. However, Rava Mara says a much different a different answer. He says no. See how beautiful this is. He says, "What's the issue? This horse is tied to the side of the wagon. It's tied by a rope. What is carrying that rope?" The horse, along with other oxen, are basically schlepping this lock to, this together, meaning the load that is being carried together is the rope that's tied to the horse, which is an interesting way of understanding. In other words, it's not that the horse is providing any, any potential extra assistance. It's not. But the fact that it's tied by a rope that is sagging to the ground, as you'll see in a minute, is um, that itself is a load that is being carried, if you like, by the horse and the wagon that is pulled by these oxen and therefore it's killing. So Rabbi Yirmiya Bayi, he says, Kashran Besa'aran. Now, Kashran Besa'aran means as follows. Now we're not talking about a wagon. It's important to understand that this, uh, this flow of the next few lines, again, explaining the record of Chaim, the cases change, and we have to be careful when they change. So the first case is, Rabbi Yirmiya asks, what happens if you tie them by their hair? Now it says, Manan Kaimin. What are you talking about? If they're directly tied hair to hair of the animal, when do we say that an animal is not allowed to carry another animal of another species? In other words, if they're directly tied by hair, then there's no load being carried. And you're not marbia, you're not uh, interbreeding them. So what well, well, possibly could be wrong? So if however, we're talking about that the two animals are tied 
by ropes that are connected by ropes that are tied to their hair. Then you can say, like Shitat Rav, that the reason why, that it would be Asur because the rope itself is the shared load that they're carrying. Now, Rav Amar Ipin Rav Rav Now, here we're back to looking at the next case. This is talking about the um, uh, So, one's being connected back to the case of the mission, if you like, where the animal is being tied, this horse is being tied to the Karon by the rope to its Se'ar now. So it says, Rav Rav Yochanan says as follows. We'll get to the Sarah in a minute. Rav Yochanan, this is Shita Rav Yochanan we saw is that reason why the horse cannot be tied normally to the side of the wagon is because it's effectively might be assisting when the oxen get tied. And Rav Rav says that it's because they're effectively carrying this rope that the horse is tied to the wagon with together. So my nafkam min benehun, what would be the nafkam min between these two shitot? We say kashro besa'ato, besa'aro. That's when what? When this horse is tied to the side of the wagon, but the rope is not connected around its neck or anything, it's tied to its hair. Ah, so then we say in that situation, is um, we've got a sort of a bit of fill in the gaps here too in the Girsa, but um, that when it's tied by its hair, then yes, it's according to Rab, it's, it's still carrying the rope. But if it's tied by its hair, according to Rabbi Yochanan, this horse is going to do no assisting whatsoever because it's going to be painful for it. So that's enough, Gamina. If it's a rope, so in other words, horse, hair, rope, wagon, that would be the Nafgamina. However, Kashru Basa'aro, if however, again, it's tied directly by its hair. Meaning it's, uh, so that's why, that's why, by the way, the way I read it, I, I'm inserting the following words. My nafka benehun, I read Reb Chaim, kashron bechevel besaro. Aval kashron besaro, but however, if it is actually tied by its hair directly to the wagon, this horse, I'm not sure how the practically would happen, but if that was the case, ben al-datara, ben al-datara, it'd be muta, it wouldn't be a problem. Why? Because there's no shared load that it's carrying. And secondly, it's not going to provide any assistance because it'll be painful for the horse. Okay, fine. Next, Vlad Halivdikis. So Livdikis is this animal we said it was a bit sort of donkey-like that it would be considered Kalayim with the Gemalia. So it's tiny, tiny Nivrakus. So Mandamar Livdikis, that's, uh, if, you have, if you have the Girsa that it's a Livdikis, that's Shem Livui. That is a describing where this animal is from, meaning it's from Luv. As the puzzle says, Luv in the Kushim Itzada. Umanda Amar Nivrakus, we'll explain where Luv is in a moment. Um, but it's a, it's the shit that's not manivrakus, that's because it's avhatas, avhatam, I think it is. The Mara asks, well, my avhatam, there's chamar salak. Chamar means a donkey from a place called salak. Okay. So Rabbi Yona says as follows, Rabbi Shua, by geri mabirim belivui, maulam tim lahem shlosha dorot. Now we know that a ger mitzri is not allowed to marry to Klausra until three generations. The question is, someone from Luv, is that considered, are they considered a mitzri? Meaning, is the prohibition of mitzri cover luv as well? I think one translation of luv is actually Libya. But in other words, anyway, but are the luvim considered Egyptians? So Amar Aviona says, Amar Aviona Botsraya, sorry. From what we see, if there's Egyptian beans, when they're green and moist, they shout out and call out luvi, luvi, right? They refer to it as something from luv. Can have a nagiv when it's uh, gets dried out. We say we say enun tzavchin. They'll call out pol mitzri. So the fact that the term pol mitzri and luv are used interchangeably must mean that we're talking about effectively the same region. 
So therefore, the prohibition of marrying a mitzri, ger mitzri for three generations also applies to a luv as well. Sadamama, that's that's what we say. He love he mitzrayim that they're effectively the same place. So Ritzach Bar Nachman b'Shem Rav Shai says halacha kedivrei Talmud. Now, what does it mean halacha kedivrei Talmud? Here, we'll, the the Mafarshim explained this is referring to Shitat Rabbi Yehuda. The Shir Rabbi Yehuda, which we're going to learn about in a moment, is that when it comes to mules, what's important is which mules are allowed to are not considered claim with with one another. That depends on their mother, meaning the the mother. If it was a, if they're both donkey, sorry, both donkeys or both horses, then they, then those two mules would be okay. So why is it referred to Kidivrei Hatalmid? I mean, the the grass simply changes the gears. It says Kidivrei Rabbi Yehuda. However, the Pnei Moshe says Kirabi Yehuda, meaning Vakore Oto Talmid. Why is it called a Talmid? Because everyone was against him. And part of them was Gam Rabbi Akiva Rabbo. And Rabbi Akiva, his Rav, was amongst the Rav in the Cholak and Rabbi Yehuda. That's why it says this Talmud. That's why you can understand the Girsa as it is. Let's continue. Let's understand Shita Rabbi Yehuda. Chachamim Chachamim say all mules are mules. Leave me alone. However, Elohim, and, and now the Gemara continues, Elohim Simanim. How do you know if the mother's a donkey or the mother's a mother was a horse? So Rabbi Yehuda, Koshos Nav Tanot Imo Susa Va'aviv Chamor. Gdolot Imo Chamora Va'aviv Sus. In other words, you can discern it by its ears. If the ears are small, you know the mother's a horse. If the ears are big, you know the mother was a donkey. I'm still talking about mules. Rav Mana Mafkid Le'ilin De Rabbi Yehuda Nisiya. He was Mafkid those Bene Bait Rabbi Yehuda Nasi. In to Mizban, if you want to go and buy donkeys, make sure you buy any donkeys, or oh, sorry, mules, these ears are small. Why she more susa? Because that will prove the mother's a horse, the aviv chamor, and that way it won't be kilaim with the other mules you have in your house. Okay. Um, that's uh, that's that's a shir today. Okay. Um, have a good Shabbos, everyone. And we'll, uh, regarding uh, regarding benefiting from the from the yichud of kilayim, why don't we? Is there an argument that from uh, from um, from peirot, where we understand that in fact you are allowed to benefit from a chibur of kilayim? Uh, so you're saying because kilay is rhyme, there's no isur hanaa. So say for Kil Behema. Well, it's actually interesting. I don't think there is a problem with Kil Behema. The only issue, it seemed to be, a court was the, 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 the shita of, who was it? Of Isi Ben Akavia, that the prohibition was actually riding upon it. And that was only because of the Chava Chomer, that since you cannot ride on the two Kilaim separately, you cannot ride upon it. So you wouldn't be able to use it to drive, according to Isi Ben Yehuda, um, you wouldn't be able to use it to pull your wagon, even on its own. But that's based on the Chava Chomer. It's not that it's Isi Hanat necessarily. Ah, oh, oh, I see. I don't think it's right. enough. It's because of the Very good. Thank you. Right. Thank so, you so much. Have, have a good Shabbos, everybody. Have-